1: Hey everybody, this is Eric Mann. You're on Voices from the Frontlines. I'm in studio with Channy Martinez, producer and co-host. And we got to raise some serious money for KPFK today and we're going to give you a phenomenal deal as well. won't clean out your insides, it won't get rid of other physical problems, but it's psychologically going to be phenomenal. It's a film. The film is called Bus Riders Union by the amazing cinematographer, and filmmaker, Haskell Wexler. That film, which was made originally in 2000, was just shown at the Pan-African Film Festival to a wonderful audience, is available for a premium of $200, 818-985-5735. What you need to know is anywhere else where you try to buy this film, it's $200. The only distributor is the Strategy Center. We've set the price at $200 because... One, as I'll tell you, Haskell Wexler, a great filmmaker, gave three years of his life to my organization, the Bus Riders Union, to make this film. He also spent money to submit it for Academy Award nomination, to put it on 35 millimeter, to, he did everything. He did, and he gave three years of his life to work with us. The film, Bus Riders Union, is amazing for a lot of reasons. The first reason is that, do you know who Haskell Wexler is? For people more our age, whatever that is, yes. But for uh, too many people, no. So let me start with that. Haskell Wexler is an Academy Award-winning cinema photographer. He won two Academy Awards for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and for the Woody Guthrie biopic Bound for Glory. He received Oscar nominations for his work on Mate One, a John Sayles film about union organizing. He won for Blaze, or nominated for Blaze about Louisiana Governor Earl Long, and for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, where he got into a fight with the director, and he didn't quite finish it, so he shared it with Bill Butler. Now, imagine we have been trying to get people from Hollywood to come in and do films about grassroots movement. We can't. It's been almost impossible. One of the greatest filmmakers and cinematographers said, I want to do a film about something revolutionary. So he approached Michelle Pritchard in 1997 and through a long story that I will tell you, he decided he wanted to do a film about the Bus Riders Union. The film is in living color. It's got an amazing soundtrack by Greg Landau, who... uh, His father was a very famous anti-war, what's his name? Saul Landau, the son of Saul Landau. He did a whole soundtrack for this. The characters are amazing. They're civil rights organizers, Della Bonner, uh, Kikonsa Ramsey, Rosalie Mendiola, uh, myself, Eric Mann. But what's interesting, the other thing about the film is it's 80 minutes and it's over three years. And you feel it's three years. I mean, it really, con, instead of condensing time, it stretches time. So you begin to realize, oh, my God, these people have such will to take on. And then they uh, the, the, take on Mayor Reardon. You see Yvonne Breathway Burke in there. You see Richard alatori in there. So this is in your city. And then when you see the buses on the street, the compress, compressed natural gas buses, we won them. So... One person has already ordered the film. We have our first $200 in 818-985-5735. If you are at the Pan-African Film Festival, please consider ordering it for $200. This is the only time we're allowing individual use for it. And even then, we want you to take the film, have a house showing. We'll be glad to come, take it to your church, take it to your synagogue. Stop the attacks on Ilhan Omar for you know, make sure that she gets supported and stuff like that. So, Alan. Uh, I signed a, I signed a document in support of her today. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, way to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the way that they're attacking her uh, for simply criticizing Israel. So that's all about, we'll get back to her, but Bus Riders Union. Um, what I want to do, Alan, is play the first clip, and then you be the first respondent. So several more things about it. Uh, no, let's just play the first clip.
2: Just about OK,
3: now
4: I'm going
1: to have my say. It is unsafe to drive the bus again. The bus is overcrowded. Nobody wants to move back in the bus. I do not drive the bus with people in the windshield up above the yellow line. It is unsafe to drive the bus.
3: The driver is absolutely right. <laughs> These conditions are completely unsafe and unacceptable. And it's up to you to start rising up against them and that's why you should join the Bus Riders
2: Union.
1: I I envision a campaign as a military campaign. It's essentially based on guerrilla warfare principles which is you're up against a far more powerful enemy and you have a very small little army you're trying to figure out what this little army that maybe, at best, is um like a flea bite. You know, how do you kill an elephant with flea bites? Do
3: you want a cellar?
5: It's simply stated that you're in favor of a 50-cent pair, $20 monthly pass, 2,000 new buses. I
3: The Bus Riders Union in some ways is a political, social experiment, if you will, to see if we can build a multiracial, bilingual, gender balanced, mass movement of working class people that is willing to fight um, for a set of demands that challenges corporate capital.
1: The issue is, is there still poverty? Is there still racism? Are there still poor people? Who wants to organize? And who wants to organize is of course us. And in spoiler alert, at the end of the film we win. So the beginning (laughs) of the film, so this is, I was just realizing that most documentaries, which is not a bad thing, are trying to expose a problem. Mm -hmm. This is a documentary that is showing a movement that won something, that's phenomenally inspiring. 818-985-5735, 818-985-5735, you'll learn more, but why don't you be one of the first people to call in so we don't do that end of the hour stuff, 818-985-5735 for $200, which is the same price if you bought it from our organization, the Strategy Center. You're gonna get an amazing film on a DVD that you can play in your living room with your friends, you can play over and over, and you can contribute it to organizations. Alan Minsky.
4: Well, I mean, again, I thought that was very interesting. obviously we're you're looking at Los Angeles, California, a city that has got a population. One of the you know great challenges in Los Angeles is how do you organize people where, you know, in contrast, the cities with much greater population density, there's uh, central spaces, central squares, in cities where people collect. And in Los Angeles, that's very difficult. And the Bus Riders Union uh, develops these uh, organizational strategies and tactics to uh, organize uh, working people and uh, poor people and people of color in Los Angeles uh, very much, uh, uh, I want to say organically in a way, related to how Los
1: Angeles actually operates. Because guess what? We went on the bus. Nobody (laughs) thought of that. See, instead of going door to door, which is a great idea, instead of going into the factory, great idea, we called it the factory on wheels. Now, one thing you hear that driver, you hear that driver going, the bus is overcrowded. I'm not driving. He's a black driver. One thing we did is we'd go up to the drivers and say, look, we're the we're the bus riders union. We are pro union for you as well. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get a fifty cent fare, a twenty dollar pass. 2000 new compressed natural gas buses. Mm-hmm. And we got to get this overcrowding. It's crazy. You got 40 people sitting and 40 people standing. It's like a cattle car mm-hmm. because it's black and Latino people. Mm-hmm. And the drivers would say, right on, we are for you guys. And thank you. So when he says, you got to get back because I can't even drive it. And then Kikansa comes in and says, he is right. It's the capitalist system that's blah, blah, blah. (laughs) You know, she's like being a good organizer. So you need to know that a lot of the film is filmed on the buses of Los Angeles with beautiful face shots of Asian, white, Latino, and black women, older people, kids. Uh, The camera work, not surprising since it's Haskell Wexler, is... To just show the faces of, in this one film, you'll see thousands of faces. Oh, yeah. So, Channing, 818-985-5735. Sure.
2: So, one thing I do pay attention to is the film, because, you know, I'm a trained photographer I'm interested in it. And, you know, in the film, he does so many very interesting moves. And so, like you said, you know, you see thousands of faces, and what he's trying to capture, what I've felt that he was trying to capture is he's trying to really put you into the shoes of a working-class person what is it that they see on a daily basis what are their actual lived conditions and to an extent you can hear about it you can read about it but it's not real until you actually feel what it feels like to be in their shoes and you know he starts the film off with a bus rider waiting for the bus for 30 minutes and he's interviewing just that regular bus rider And, you know, later on, you'll see that any person that he chooses to interview is a very conscious person. And everyone knows the buses are bad. And everyone knows the Bus Riders Union is doing something about it. And everyone knows that either you're going to do something about it with the Bus Riders Union or you're not going to do something about it.
1: That's great. So we're going to do the next one, Ricky. 818-985-5735 to get a copy of the film. Bus Riders Union by Haskell Wexler, the Academy Award-winning cinematographer.
5: Welcome.
3: Thank you. Good evening. Uh, My name is Kikanza Ramsey, and I'm an organizer with the Bus Riders Union. We know that students in low-income communities in particular have tremendous amount of burdens on their back um, where they're struggling to get through school. I know I was one of them. I grew up in Los Angeles. And as I'm on the bus daily organizing members into the bus Riders Union, I see students getting left, standing there, bus after bus. I was that kid who, um, if I missed the school bus, it took me two and a half hours to get to school from home. I was that kid who couldn't go to extracurricular activities often because the bus back home would get you home really late, and my mother didn't have a car, couldn't come pick me up. When my son was 18, three weeks into college, he contacted uh, leukemia. Two years later, he died. The two years about fighting for him and his life, I became unemployed. I made the decision to do so because it was more important for me to be a mother. And that decision led me uh, into an economic state of decline that subsequently became, made me become totally uh, public transportation dependent, and public transportation. I soon learned had always been deficient, but it was there was a greater deficient with me under those circumstances. I would get out of class, take the number four bus on Santa Monica and Vermont, and go downtown and transfer to the number 71 and go to general hospital and have to walk two blocks up the hill go into his hospital room i would visit with him and sleep at the foot of his bed
1: and what the voice you're hearing there first was kikansa ramsey a, uh, a young black woman who went to middlebury college the second voice is dela bonner a, a, a more middle-aged black woman both of them were great leaders of the bus riders union She tells us these are both testifying in front of the school board. And she tells the story, of course, of spending two years in the hospital with her son with leukemia who dies, and how, as she said, she was thrown into a spiral of economic decline because she was a very high-paid investigator for the Internal Revenue Service at the time. So it shows people why they're transit-dependent, and as you'll see at the end of the film, she is a hero. No, There are no victims in this film. D- Della Bonner is one of the great civil rights leaders in the history of Los Angeles, which you'll see on this film. And she gets the last word, another spoiler alert. Uh, 818-985-5735. You, you're also gonna be taken inside one of the great civil rights organizations in the United States at the time, or the largest mass transit organization. And one story on this is Haskell came to me and said, I'm very busy. I'm working on a lot of important commercial projects. I, I want to do the film in three months. Uh, I knew he wasn't. Mm-hmm. I said, Sure, that'll be great. That'll be great. And, K- and Kikanza, who was very sweet, said, Three months? You're not. I said, Kikanza, just be quiet. And sure enough, what <laughs> happened was that he fell in love with us. And then he said, well, you can't end the film now, because you're about to do this. Mm -hmm. You can't do the film now, we're going into federal court. Mm -hmm. I said, right, Haskell. You can't do it now, because I don't know what the court's going to rule. Then they ruled. But you're not going to do the film now, because you haven't gotten the buses yet. Mm -hmm. So Haskell got organized into the bus riders' union, and he started a three-month film that ended up being three years, ending with a federal order for us to get 532 buses. Alan
4: Mitsky, Yeah, no, and Has- Haskell Wexler, for people who also don't know, was a great supporter of KPFK over the years. So uh, really this is just an exemplary thank you gift for um, uh, supporting KPFK radio. So call 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK, and pick up Bus Riders Union, a DVD. Uh, this is This is the – best price you can get for this anywhere, folks, a $200 pledge. You're supporting KPFK. Uh, You're honoring the work of Haskell Wexler. You're learning about one of the great um, organizing and popular movements in recent Los Angeles history, 818-985-5735. And not only that, this is exemplary organizing relevant to how we can organize in terms of the crisis of climate change, that we're all going to have to face more and more in the coming years. So this is an exemplary film to pick up to support KPFK at 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK, a $200 pledge of support.
1: And just to be clear, uh, this is the only hour it's ever going to be available. It's a very rare thing for the Strategy Center to contribute this basically to the station. And in this hour is when you can. it will never be a premium again because it's it's very valuable, and it's our gift to KPFK. You could say, we're giving the $200 to KPFK, and then you just have to buy the film for $200, and so you're giving the contribution to KPFK and supporting the Strategy Center's love for this station and for Alan and for, seriously, and for this station and all it does for social movements. Um, uh, before we do the Rosaleo clip, my daughter Celia's on the phone, and and... She has uh, grown up in our family, of course, for social justice. With my wife Leanne and I, I was very happy that she was at the film showing with my granddaughter Ava and my daughter Celia, and she's wanted to say a couple of words about the film. Hey, Celia. Hey, Dad. Hey, Alan. How you guys
6: doing?
2: Hey there. Hey, Celia
6: yeah well, I'm so excited to be with you and the k p f k listeners. I myself am a member, and I have donated in the pledge as well, so I'm excited to be on and of course, to talk about this amazing movie that is actually my life i I am a star in the movie as well in the background <laughs> <laughs> um and i I grew up um watching my father and this amazing multi-racial coalition of organizers doing this historic civil rights work in Los Angeles and watching it on the screen, I felt a renewed sense of inspiration and activation and for myself, as I'm sure as many of the KPFK listeners who are right now trying to figure out how they can do more, I felt that the movie was super valuable to see the tactics and strategies that some of the most advanced organizers in the country um, were doing 20 years ago that are still classic and valuable for those of us who are trying to do work now.
1: That's great to you. tell me about Ava's reaction.
6: Well, Ava is my daughter. He's Eric's uh, granddaughter. She's 13. She's an African-American young lady and we live in South Central Los Angeles. So I think it was very, um, important for her, first of all, to see a part of her legacy, the, our social justice organizing family legacy, but also as a young black woman, it was very inspiring for her to see though all of the women in the movie, um, it's a documentary that are real life women, women of color who were on the front lines doing the organizing work when they were very young. Uh, many of the organizers, you know, started when they were in late, their late teens and early twenties. And, you know, Kikanza Ramsey and so many of the other um, women in the movie are so inspiring. And so for her, I think it was really important for her to see not only is this part of her family legacy, but also there are these um, role models and leaders that she can step into following as well.
1: Thanks a lot, Celia. It's great to hear from you. That's my daughter, Celia, and my granddaughter, Ava, and... If you can't after that, call in with 818-985-5735. I think that's a very good point, Celia, about for young people of color and for, you know, to see this history that young people helped to make. Also at the Strategy Center, we have what we call a multi-generational and a multiracial theory of social change. There were people of all races involved in that. There's a great uh, vignette, I'll tell you about a uh, Dave McClure later, but the point that Seal uh, you just made is to see people closer as a teenager is watching this film. To see that social change can start at 18 and 17 and go into 70, 80, and 90 is a very encouraging thing and a very deeply moving film. 818 985 Please call in. This is a $200 premium worth $200 in the capitalist or socialist market. And you're getting uh, a deeply moving, optimistic film. And you're getting it by one of the great filmmakers of all time. Alan?
4: Yes, Haskell Wexler. um, If people do maybe remember or don't remember, maybe the incredible film, part documentary, part fictional narrative called Medium Cool, Mm -hmm. uh, which documents, (laughs) while also telling a story, uh, the 1968 Democratic Convention in Chicago, and of course, a very, very, very famous and often quoted scene of the central character in a yellow dress moving through the police beating down of demonstrators in, what was that, Grant Park. Hmm. So uh, Haskell Wexler, really just an incredible film legend, uh, supporter of KPFK over the years. And this is the film Bus Riders Union. Uh, the one time you have an opportunity to pick it up, and it is a $200 pledge. By the way, that's sixteen sixty seven a month, folks, just a little yeah, over 50 cents Good. a day. So call in 818 985 5735-818-985-KPFK 8, 8, 8, is the number to call. Call in, pledge support. We're going to play more clips in a second. And uh I'm gonna get an update from the phone room too. Yes. But um, again, call in, and again, this is this is not just recent Los Angeles history. This is a film that it really, if you wanna have social change in our society. This is a film that really provides examples of how to organize, how to work to achieve meaningful social change in society. 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK.
1: Now, what I'm going to do now is frame the next scene, which is Haskell does these sort of movies within the movie, a three-minute thing. He takes the life of a room service waiter named Rosalio Mendiola. And it's like a, uh, I don't know what you call it, it's not quite a cameo, but it's like a three-minute almost photo novella. It shows him waking up in the morning in his apartment so dark when he gets on the bus. He's leafleting from the minute he wakes up. He goes to work in the Beverly Hilton Hotel where he's a room service waiter. And it shows the really excellent uh, soundtrack by Greg Landau. So Ricky, please play the next clip. When I talk to a lot of middle-class people about our work, they always say, oh, what you're doing is really great. And I say, well, yeah, we're building a a movement of poor people. No, no, I don't want to talk about that. And and it's really about the the fight against racism. Well, yeah, I I wish you wouldn't use the word racism. Why don't you just talk about how it would be good transit for everybody? But I want to talk about, I read that somebody used a false contract over there, and Alatorre got a kickback, and Mayor Reardon, his firm is really involved. I said, what is the problem? Mayor Reardon is a very, very rich guy. Do you care if he's rich or rich plus one? Why aren't you interested in poor people? Why aren't you interested in building a movement of poor people?
0: Uh, Sure enough, MTA, billions and billions of dollars being spent on trains. And I thought, well, you know, trains don't move people. They can't take a a woman who gets up at four o'clock in the morning and she's got three little kids, she gets on a bus at five, she drops one child off at her sister's because she can't afford daycare, and she drops two others off at her mother. Then she gets back on another bus to get to her low-paying job, and the MTA will not put any money into the buses that she needs to get to the grocery store and daycare. Remember, she's gotta get back on that bus, and then she's gotta pick her kids up, and she's lugging groceries and children, this, these are the people who ride
2: the buses. Bueno, yo soy de México. Nací en México, en la ciudad Aguascalientes.
5: Son las cuatro de la mañana. Estoy esperando el bus. En esta madrugada me rodea la oscuridad. Después de años en la misma ruta 25, el total son dos horas de camino al jale en ese hotel de sociedad. When yo vine aquí, when I came here, I was single. I got married here, and later my wife went back to Mexico, where my two children live, Rosalio Jr. and Sandra. By coming to the United States, families are divided. Mothers or fathers, husbands or wife are left behind in Mexico. This is the price we have to pay to live here. Pancho! Families, broken in half. Many of our Mexican comrades are here because, as the people say, it's a better life. Yes, but also because there are no opportunities in Mexico. The government there has only allowed their own people to have these opportunities. I'm talking about the members of the government party, the PRI, P-R-I. Those on the opposing side are not only at risk at their jobs, but there have been many attempts
1: against their lives. Well, that was uh, an amazing story because that was Rosalio Mendiola, a room service waiter. I had a thought that I, you know, one of the very finest films I've seen was Roma. And yet the... The, the hero, the heroine of the film, imagine if in the next film she joined the Bus Riders Union or the Domestic Workers Alliance. Because what we're trying to say is that the working class people, the black and Latina people, the, uh, you know, the people that are real on the, on the streets, on the buses, have made history throughout the world. Rosalio Mendiola, who you'll see in the film, Uh, when he ran for planning committee of the Bus Riders Union after his first year, he said, I never miss a day of work, and I've never missed one planning committee meeting. The planning committee met originally every Wednesday night, and he had to get up at 4 to go to work. Mm -hmm. But then when the consent decree got more intense, he had to go twice a week. So he went to 100 meetings of the planning committee and never missed a day of work, and he never missed one meeting of the bus rides union. So that's what happened when Latino and black and working class people get involved in history. They love making history. And we won because of people like Rosalio Mendiola. Uh, I want to thank Anonymous in Los Angeles, who did buy a, a copy. And I want to thank my daughter, Celia Ward Wallace, who you just heard, who purchased a copy of the film. Our family gets behind this. Uh, they're big supporters of Voices and me and Channing. Uh, we love the station, and uh, it really doesn't matter what the premium is. Our family contributes two or three times a year during the fun drive. But this is one of the great premiums, and we we need your help now. We need more people to spend $200 to get a copy of the film Bus Riders Union.
4: 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. Haskell Wexler uh, filming uh, with crew, uh, documenting. Uh, the real-life tale of the Bus Riders Union across Los Angeles in the 1990s. 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK.
2: Yeah, so, you know, what's beautiful is what you're saying is that working-class people actually have a lot more power than they think they have. And for me, when I first saw this film, you know, I automatically went to that, that, you know, we... Are all aware of all the different oppressions that we're under, um, and sometimes we're not actually, but most times we are. Um, and one of the, and the buses are one of the one of the parts of oppression that you can't help but to be, you know, very present and aware of. So when the bus is coming every twenty minutes, and then it smells like pee, and then the driver treats you like, you know what, and you have to get on that bus and you have to pay basically to be beaten down and oppressed by the buses. And so what's great about this film is that it shows the historical record of what's possible. And for many working-class people that see the film, they see themselves in the film or the, the, their potential of what who they are in the film. Like, oh, look at that person. Look at Rosalillo. He's getting up at 4 a.m. in the morning, then ending his day at, like, 12 a.m. at night, that's right. And he's going to work, he has kids, and he's going to this meeting. He's taking on the system. And if he can do it, what the heck am I doing with myself? I can't be sitting here and just complaining about the system the whole time.
1: And, you know, one of the things I want to say to our listeners, and I think you will understand, is that I know here we go with a presidential election, Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, blah, blah, blah. But history is made day by day. I'm not saying the presidential election is not important. And but we're going to be talking. We've talked about it for three years already with Trump or two. But what about the day-to-day struggle in Los Angeles to make things happen? Uh, it's a magnificent film. If you like, uh, uh, Norma Ray, where they win. If you like the Battle of Algiers, where they win. Um, you have to remember that those were real, but those were still Hollywood films. There's very few documentaries made by a top cinematographer where the group wins, and I want to get to some of the wins. Uh, 818-985-5735, it's uh, better than any antidepressant you're taking. Uh, It's a mood elevator. Uh,
4: And I rarely get to correct you, but Battle for Algiers, while it's true, it's dramatization of the history that occurred— it would be it would be great if that had been a Hollywood film.
1: <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's one of my. It is my favorite favorite <laughs> film. And in fact, you know, I didn't mean anyway. The leader of the the movement in Algeria was actually a character in the in the in the film. Right. So that is more my model, and I'm simply trying to say. And one more reason you should buy it is because uh, Michael Kors told me that I have to keep my style very consistent every day. Mm -hmm. So right now I wear always a black top with jeans, with Air Max shoes, but if you ever want to see me in Armani suits, you have to buy the film, because, (laughs) because during that period I was deep into Armani suits, and I was going to the MTA and going to court, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I liked how I looked, and I had all these tie, flashy ties. So it was sort of if you've ever seen sort of communist Armani, <laughs> uh, you know, you you got to see yeah. the film, right? Eight one eight nine 985
4: It is a – you know, I've seen excerpts. I haven't seen the whole film. Right. I've seen excerpts, and it's an award-winning performance by you, Eric. You're great. Thank you. That's <laughs> and, and, nice. great, and great and uh, – what is it? Not Not set decoration. What is that? The uh, costume. You yeah. know, yeah. best costume is design. <laughs> uh,
1: and listen, uh, uh, this is deeply moving to me. I mean, so far we have three people on the board, and one is Leanne Mann from Los Angeles, my wife and my partner, and one is Anonymous, who's probably my other daughter, and uh, no, the and the other one is Celia Ward-Wallace, my daughter. So obviously we're putting our family's money. We've seen this film a hundred times, but we want to buy it, as a contribution to KPFK. I urge you to match my family's money, which is $400, really, and uh, please go and get a copy right now. Um, let's play one, Ricky. Let's see what the next uh, cue is. We were looking at, well, what are some of the kind of pivotal class race questions in the city? Where would you find uh, a system where 94% of the people ride the bus, and only 6% of the people ride the train, where the bus riders are like 81% people of color, and you could take the Metrolink train, and they all look like, I'm sorry, they look like Ozzy and Harriet on the way to 1950s suburbia. Where would you find a bus where there's 43 people sitting and 43 people standing, and then you take a suburban train, and there's 30 people sitting, and nobody standing, and 30 empty seats? In 1994. The MTA helped our cause by actually voting to get rid of the bus pass for people and raise the bus fare from $1.10 to $1.35 at the same time that they were building new rail lines and they said they had no money.
4: crowd of bus riders angry at Thursday's scheduled fare increase gathered over at City Hall today to demand a fare rollback.
3: 50 cents, fair. 50
4: cents fair. well the mta raised daily fares from a dollar 10 to a dollar and eliminated the monthly passes tomorrow the group says it'll seek a restraining order in federal court to stop the scheduled fare increases kelly
0: merrick came into the office and he said you gotta help us you gotta help us you gotta help us stop mta i Everybody in my office told me I was nuts. We worked day and night, just day and night. And I remember at four o'clock in the morning, on the morning we were getting ready to march into court. We put together a thousand page document. You had the bus riders in LDF. They had to, they had to show us what had been said at the meeting so that we could use it to say, look court, here's the evidence of how they violated this regulation. They ignored people begging them, crying in front of the board, please don't raise my fares, I won't be able to get to work. And the board, it was almost like they were having a picnic and saying, pass the Grey Poupon. They weren't even listening. I saw that. So we documented all of this, and we said to the court, it's a violation of federal regulations, Your Honor. Stop it.
2: Does the judge ask questions?
0: Oh, lots of questions. In fact, his first question was, I got up, and uh, he looked at his watch. And he said, Miss Rice, you're asking me to stop. Raising the fares that are going in effect in 10 minutes. I don't think I can do that And I said oh, but your honor, it's a very reasonable position your honor, but let me tell you why you can
2: They had expected the worst and this all came as such a surprise Most never expected they could even get the powerful Metropolitan Transit Authority into federal court, let alone win but
7: they did. The idea of seeing this victory, people are oftentimes very thankful. We had a woman who was a domestic worker come one time and said, um, thank you so much for this. You know, this, this has, the fact that I have a week, I can have access to a weekly pass now forces me to not have to choose between whether or not I'm going to school or the groceries. Now I can actually do both. Well, one of the things that we won is the first-ever weekly pass, so that's cost $11. And we're really encouraging people who use tokens or cash right now to even start using that $11 pass. It was a real hard-won victory. The MTA didn't want to buy clean-fuel buses, and this is part of a fleet. This this was part of a fleet of 250 buses that the Bus Riders Union succeeded in buying in get forcing the MTA to buy. They wanted to just get diesel-polluting buses.
3: And so this fight and the building of this organization for the past four years has been around can we get people outraged enough at the crappy public transportation system that they have but engaged enough to deepen their analysis of why it's crappy and whose fault it is and who's benefiting and whose pockets are being lined.
1: Wow. Well, of course, I love this film enormously. I mean, because, you know... You're trying to do political education in a popular manner. How could you do better? You hear the, the actor, you see the newscaster on TV saying, well, tomorrow the MTA plans to get rid of the monthly pass and raise the fare from ten to $1.35, and the bus riders union is going to go into court tomorrow and try to stop it. Then the next one you see is all these people coming out screaming and yelling, and you, you got to see us going ballistic. And it says they never thought they could even get the MTA into court, but they won. A federal court with Judge Terry Hatter, which you see in the film, told the MTA that you got to, you can't eliminate the monthly bus pass. In fact, you got to start printing them now. And until you print them, everybody's writing free. So I saw history made. It was done during the O.J. Simpson trial, really. And we were on the front page of a civil rights group led, again, by women, men, people of color, Asian, Pacific Islander, w- whites, in a multiracial movement to take on the system and win. And then you hear Rita Burgos, another wonderful organizer. See, now you know Kikansa, you know Della. Now you hear Rita saying to people, people thanked us because... We got a, the first weekly pass, so people could pay eleven dollars instead of having to pay hundred dollars. You know, by by not having a pass, we want a biweekly pass. We want a monthly pass for only forty-two dollars. You know how much it is now? It's a hundred dollars because of Mayor Garcetti and Mark Ridley Thomas, and Zev Yaroslavsky. So, you saw in your own city a movement that put 2,500 buses on the street, did you hear environmentalists that they wanted to give us new diesel buses? (laughs) And we said, no, we will not take diesel buses. That wasn't in the consent decree. The consent decree did not require them. But because we had so much authority, so much public support, they said, all right, all right, we're gonna start buying compressed natural gas, which is the first time they ever, at the time, that was the best technology. I want to thank Carolyn Waters from Hermosa Beach, Anonymous, again, from Los Angeles, Celia Ward-Wallace from Los Angeles, and Leanne Mann. So we're up to $800, but we need, come on, folks, I mean, for all the work that we've done around this film and contributing it, uh, please call in. You know, you've done the jump drives for $250. This is an amazing film, and we need your help. We need your help, too. Support not just listen to sponsor radio, but organize a sponsor radio, because this is going to be an incredibly optimistic, hopeful film in which the Bus Riders Union wins. Alan.
4: 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. Um, we
1: have another anonymous from Brea, California. All right. We're up to a 1,000. Keep going. Keep going.
4: 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK is the number to call. Call now, pledge support, pick up the Bus Riders Union. This hour and this hour alone, this film about this legendary uh, Los Angeles-based social movement uh, is available for a $200 pledge. It is a film done by, filmed by, edited by, organized by the group of the Bus Riders Union and the great filmmaker Haskell Wexler, who was a great supporter of KPFK over the years. 818-985-5735. Honor the great legacy of this filmmaker and great activist, Haskell Wexler. Call in, pledge support.
1: 818-985-5735. One thing I was noticing, I have seen this film a hundred times. Uh, I mean, as in a hundred times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's not, uh, you know, when Haskell produced the film. The first thing to know is we did not see it until it was finished, which a little bit upset us because we are, but he said, no, because you're going to tell me change that scene to change that scene. You guys are the stars, and I'm the filmmaker. So we said, all right, Haskell. Fair enough, fair enough. And the film was amazing. One thing in the film you notice is there's no voice of God. There's no narrator. He puts together, we are the narrator. So it just strings together very coherent political followed by wonderful footage, followed by laughter and jokes and everything. So there's a woman named Joanna Demetrakis who was the editor. Haskell did not edit. Haskell did the producer. He did all the raw footage. And then she had to take three years of footage, if anybody knows about film, and I've done some films, and sit in the editing room for months and months and months to say, that's a good scene, but where does it go? And cut and cut and cut. The other thing about the film is that when I saw it at the Pan-African Film Festival, I think it's the first time in a long time I saw it as a film. Mm -hmm. Because for me, in the very best sense, it was an organizing tool in the sense of Marge Piercy's To Be of Use. Mm -hmm. So when I read it, I thought, would this help people understand race? Yes. Would this people understand this? Oh, that's a great scene. But having not seen it for two or three years and seeing it, yes, up on the big screen at the Pan-African Film Festival, I said, oh, my God, this is a magnificent film. Haskell, you really, and Joanna, you did us such a service. I just sat back and watched scenes that I'd seen literally a 100 times and saw it for the first time. And I'm telling you that you're going to see this film more than once or twice or three times. And when people come over to your house and you say, all right, look, I got 16 depressing things, but I got one optimistic thing, uh, ask yourself honestly, at a time when you would like some optimism, how many cards do you have in your deck right now? So eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five. it's a feature-length documentary, in color with an amazing soundtrack. Uh, we have five callers at $200, we need five more Please call in, 818 uh, 985 Why don't I make one more clip, and then, Shannon, you have the first voice on the next one. Is that OK? Sure. All right, Ricky. I don't know what you got, but play it.
0: I want to congratulate this board, and I want to acknowledge the fact that we are now going to go forward in a partnership. The Bus Riders Union will be at the table, Mr. Mayor. And we'll be working with them very closely. Um, the Bus Riders Union in the yellow shirts here, I want to say to each and every one of you, without your struggles, without your work, we would not be standing here today, and LA
1: owes you a great, great deal of gratitude. There is language in this agreement that says that the MTA may be required to create a low-income bus pass within three years That people may have to develop documentation, proof of poverty, written statements to prove that they are poor. We need you to understand we cannot sign off on this.
0: As far as I'm concerned, bus riders could come up with whatever mechanism that they wanted to come up with in terms of determining how do you provide an equitable provision of a bus pass without unduly providing it for the affluent rather than for those people who need it.
5: Does the, the, the lead plaintiff here, does the lead plaintiff endorse the agreement, or are you are saying you have yet to decide whether to
1: support it? We have come very close. There is a concern we have which we had to make public, which is the difference between very favorably disposed and a settlement. Any grassroots leader that is not responsive to his or her base is not doing a great job. You've had your meeting, we will have ours.
0: I want to congratulate this board, and I want to acknowledge the fact that we are now going to go forward in a partnership. The Bus Riders Union will be at the table, Mr. Mayor. And we'll be working with them very closely. Um, the Bus Riders Union in the yellow shirts here, I want to say to each and every one of you, without your struggles, without your work, we would not be standing here today, and LA owes you a great, great
1: deal of gratitude. There is language in this agreement that says that the MTA may be required to create a low-income bus pass within three years that people may have to develop documentation, proof of poverty, written statements to prove that they are poor. We need you to understand we cannot sign off on this.
0: As far as I'm concerned, bus riders could come up with whatever mechanism that they wanted to come up with in terms of determining how do you provide an equitable provision of a bus pass without unduly providing it for the affluent, rather than for those people who need it.
5: Does the, the, the lead plaintiff here, does the lead plaintiff endorse the agreement or are you are saying you have yet
1: to decide whether to support it? We have come very close. There is a concern we have, which we had to make public, which is the difference between very favorably disposed and a settlement. Any grassroots leader that is not responsive to his or her base is not doing a great job. You've had your meeting, we'll have ours. Okay, we're here today to raise a principled and a limited objection
4: to the proposed consent decree.
0: But the, the decree is a process. and MTA is forced to get bus plans, transportation plans for bus riders, together with the bus riders at the tables. So what this decree did was it not only made the voices of bus riders heard, it put bus riders at the table to negotiate directly with MTA about how to improve the bus system. I think we've achieved an historic victory here. No other other city has managed to stop the transportation inequity that goes throughout this country. And remember, the problem in the rest of the country is that they're withdrawing transportation for the urban poor altogether in a lot of cities. In Montgomery, Alabama, where the Civil Rights Movement was born, they are taking away the entire bus system. So understand what you have achieved here.
1: When I was in the so-called 60s, there were groups called the Students for Democratic Society. They're gone. The Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, it's gone. The Black Panther Party, it's gone. The Brown Berets are gone. Organization is everything. And what happened today is that the MTA lawyers, when asked by the judge, in fact, backed down from their earlier contention, that that low-income pass would not be subject to that process. In that moment, they backed down. Uh, So members of your planning committee will be going to our first meeting of the joint working group where we will, representing you, will preside over MTA policy for the next ten years, y'all. Y'all did that. Y'all did
0: that.
3: try we have to still mobilize and organize to get the rest of what we want and every one of us have to move to that effort starting today
2: wow that's that is the most powerful line of the film literally and it's the most important lesson of the film because we won but we still need to win more and we won but we still have to enforce, we have to force them to implement what we want. And we see that even today in the larger, broader picture of politics. You know, we, the, the civil rights movement won the civil rights bill and they implemented it. And as you can see, even under President, was it under President Obama, right? That they took out the implementation of the actual law, right? And so that's one of the most important lessons there. And it's one of the most important scenes, in my opinion.
4: 818-985-5735. We're going to see four more people calling in and picking this up. And this is really a priceless opportunity to pick up a film about a highly, highly significant his episode in recent Los Angeles history. It is an, it is a It tells a story of such relevance for our time. And so many lessons to be learned from this film. Bus Riders Union by Haskell Wexler. And, again it is available for a $200 pledge at 818-985-5735-818-985 KPFK the only time this has ever been offered during a KPFK fund drive call now 818-985-5735
1: and i want to thank James Darby who who just called in so we're up to uh 1200 we got to get four more to get us to 2000 i mean the, the amazing stuff there is i could do a con- you know uh when we do Malcolm X, he'll speak for four minutes, and I'll do four minutes explaining Malcolm X, while explaining what I understood when I was there. You're listening to Connie Rice, one of the very best civil rights lawyers of of our generation, and explaining the complexity that at a time when the Montgomery bus boycott ended up with no buses, that we have gotten 2,500 new buses. We had fights with our lawyers that we ended up in a very positive way to resolve. The film shows complications. It shows a beautiful scene where we are fighting for night service. And a woman named Dorothy Williams gets up and says, she's homeless and black. And she says, I don't care if I'm the only person on this bus. I have that right. 818 985 5735 We played you some clips. We ended with, this is just a down payment by the late Delabano, one of my closest friends. And this is just a down payment on helping (laughs) us build KPFK. We need you to call in for $200. You're going to love the film. I mean, when you get it, you're going to say, wow, I get it. I didn't even do a favor for KPFK. This film is going to be one of my key people in the library. It's a person. So 818-985-5735, we want to thank Anonymous, Celia Ward-Wallace, Leanne Mann, Karen Waters, another Anonymous, James Darby. Please let us have your name up there. The other thing that happens is when Channing and I and Alan, because we sweat it out, I don't know why you all do this, but the last five minutes and then even the next three minutes of the next show, I go into the phone room and then all of a sudden the phones start ringing. So listen, we at the Strategy Center, made a major investment. Channing designed a beautiful flyer that we sent out to a a list. We we put in eight hours at least, each, preparing for voices from the front lines. And our decision to offer this, which is offering maybe the most important premium that we could give to the station, I'll be honest, I was hoping it would raise $4,000 for the station, because that's how valuable it is to me. And again, I want to thank my family for Truly value, valuing the relationship with Haskell and valuing KPFK. The least you could do is call right now at 818 985, get an amazing film, put down $200, and we would love to feel your support as the hour goes on. Channing. Sure, 818 985 5735. Just a reminder
2: that, you know, $200, that's about $16 a month. I think I'm going to actually sign up to do that as well. Um, And one thing about the film that you need to understand is that we only played you a select portion of the film. So it's important that you see the entire film to understand the entire fight. And that's so important with this film because it's not like every other victory film. It really takes you step by step. We did this. The MTA pushed back, and they did something even more terrible. And despite what they did, we did another step. And so there's so much more to the film that you actually have to see to really understand what the fight is about and to even understand what's going on in the city of Los Angeles today that, you know, these are still continuous struggles. So 818-985-5735.
4: 818-985-KPFK is the number to call. Call in pledge support. We only have a couple minutes left. We want to see these phone lines light up one more time, folks. Pick up Bus Riders Union by the great filmmaker Haskell Wexler featuring… Uh, the Bus Riders Union from the Labor Community Strategy Center. It is uh, essential, Los Angeles history. It's also essential, history, and not just history, but to understand the metropolitan area we live in, what it takes to organize people in this metropolitan area and to empower uh, people from working class communities, poor communities, people of color, bringing people together to change. So, Southern California, 818 985. 5735818985 KPFK, very important film for KPFK listeners to pick up and watch.
1: There's some great scenes with Mayor Reardon uh, trying to give us stuff and pretending he's very confused. Huh. There's some great f- scenes about uh, Yvonne Breathwaite Burke uh, trying to get us buses, but she's so confused. You're watching how the ruling class just does not want to do it, how we had to take him back to federal court. It ends with the federal courts ordering 532 buses, but you need to know we won 2,500 buses through 10 years of our own work. 818-985-5735. We're going to go in the phone room. It would mean a lot to support voices from the front lines, to support Haskell Wexler, to support the ongoing work of the Bus Riders Union, to support Haskell, Channing, Allen, and myself, Eric Mann. Thank you so much for caring about our show. And come on, you can still do it. Please, please, please call in at 818-985-5735. And thank you, Ricky.